Thank you very much, and thanks to everyone who has joined us today for uh, our discussion of our continued discussion of the 2016 presidential race. My name is Blake Rutherford, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Alderman, the CEO of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, and Howard Schweitzer, the managing partner of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies. Mark, Howard, great to be with you guys. Good to be back, Blake. Thanks, Blake. So uh, last night was, and we have been talking about this for weeks, um, our sort of main event in this general election race. We made it through the summer. We turned the corner past Labor Day. Mark uh, came back to the mainland from his hiatus uh, on Nantucket. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and we got serious. Bad ser- decision by me. Yeah, right. Bad decision by you. Um, and, and we got serious about this race. And we got serious about it in the context of money. We got serious about it in the context of advertising. And then we got really serious about it in the context of debates. And last night was the first presidential debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, the first time where we got to see these two candidates on stage, uninterrupted by commercials, unbothered by other candidates, just the two of them and a moderator at Hofstra University in New York. Um, And they went at it for for 90 minutes. as a as a kind of to set the stage, because certainly I want to begin with with your perspective, your perspectives on the debate. But I want to set the stage. It looks like the numbers will be we'll, we'll get the final numbers later today. Um, but it looks like the debate last night it was a 46.2 rating, a 63 share for people who aren't in television to give you a some context to that looks like about a hundred million people tuned in on television that doesn't include streaming and it also doesn't include PBS how does that compare um, Obama Romney in 2012 um, was roughly about 70 million people uh, the Super Bowl this year was 111 million people so a lot of eyeballs on this debate last night and I want to start, Mark, with you. Um, you're joining us from Philadelphia today, uh, a state in Pennsylvania, a state that got a lot of attention in last night's debate. Initial thoughts, uh, reactions to what you saw last night between Trump and Clinton? Well, I think, Blake, two things happened last night, and I think both sides have to be honest about both things. I think thing number one is that she just cleaned his clock on that stage. It was Clinton by a mile, according to any metrics of presidential debating. However, thing number two that happened was that she debated Donald Trump. And Donald Trump has violated every law of presidential politics and is meanwhile, at least as of yesterday, within a point or two of his opponent in the election to be president of the United States. So I think that we're going to have to wait to see what her cleaning his clock means. I think it's going to mean a little bit, but not a whole lot. I would expect it to move the needle a point or two. That's not a great bump, but if you're in a tight race and you're a point or two ahead and you pick up another point or two, 
you've doubled your lead, and that's what I would expect to see here. Howard, your perspective. What did you What did you take away from Trump Clinton last night? Well, I think uh, people outside the bubble of um, politics and, and government that we live in. Um, I mean, look, she certainly did 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 well, and I think got the better of him. But people outside our bubble. I think we're kind of disgusted by the whole thing and um, don't really continue to look very favorably on either one of them. I don't think either one of them improved their favorables or unfavorables um, last night. I think the one thing, look, there's all this next day hoo-ha, everybody getting all excited about who won and who lost and the polling around that and and, and all that. I think the th- the major thing when people reflect on last night is going to be the realization that this guy vanquished 16 candidates on the Republican side. Just <laughs> wiped them away like they were nothing and, and couldn't handle him. And she stood up there last night and handled him. Lester kind of disappeared, as I thought he should have and would. And, and she handled him. She won. She beat him in a debate. I think when people reflect on last night and what it means, that's going to sink in and, and help her because it makes her look strong. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting to me, Mark, and I want to I pull you back into this notion of, uh, of, of sort of our, our desire to sort of chart a, a, a winner and a loser um, in the context of these debates, clearly, you know, you mentioned it by every by every metric of presidential debates. Um, you know, she won. I think the, you know, there's a lot of data floating around today about uh, quantifying what her performance, you know, really means. Um, and just to give you a snapshot of that, you know, Frank Luntz um, focus group in Pennsylvania, undecided voters. 21 of them went 16 to 5 for Hillary. Uh, In Florida, 29 undecided voters, 11 for Hillary, 18 said neither candidate won, but zero thought Trump won. Um, A CNN national flash poll had Hillary winning the debate 62 to 27, and a public policy polling poll had Hillary winning 51 to 40. Politico's Insider Caucus, which is a consortium of political insiders all across the country um, in battleground states, eight of 10, said Hillary won. And of that, 57% of Republicans thought Hillary won the debate. When we talk about winning the debate, though, Mark, what, what are we really talking about? It's a question I struggle with. What does it mean to well, win a presidential debate? I think what it meant last night to Secretary Clinton is not all those numbers, she won by this, she won by that. Some people somehow even thought she didn't win. That to me is unintelligible. But I think what it meant to her last night is she stopped her slide. She was sliding. They were tied going into August. She blew out a double digit lead. It then collapsed and got very tight. He was trending better than she was. She was sliding down, and she turned the tide last night. I think apart from any quantification, 
I think what happened is she got back on her game and she got going in the right direction. She looked presidential. She sounded presidential. What she said was presidential. And I think it is now a matter for her of not surrendering the momentum. Momentum means a lot. It's all about trend lines in these elections. So I don't care if it's a point or two only. As long as she stopped the slide, turned it around, that was a big night for Hillary Clinton. But Howard, you, you, you bring a bit of a different perspective to this because in, in the context of, uh, of Hillary doing well, you also, I think, would agree there are things she didn't address. That, that we've got two more debates, which is two more bites at this apple for, for Donald Trump, whether he, whether he makes good use of that or not, we'll, we'll come back to in a minute. But, but I do want to talk about, uh, let's, let's narrow our focus, get more into the micro, what these candidates did do well last night, what did they not do well? I want to start with Hillary. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think, what do you think she, she, she didn't do well last night? She didn't um, speak to the trust issue, which is her Achilles heel. I don't think either of them really spoke to their personal Achilles heels. Um, but, but she, she, I don't think she did anything to reassure voters that they can trust her. And, and that, yeah. that, Mark, what do you, what's your reaction to that? Well, I don't agree. I think that her demeanor, her presence, her articulation, her intelligence, her command, she commanded that stage. She commanded that debate. And I think she reassured people that she can be trusted as commander in chief. I think, frankly, that the biggest miss on Trump's part is that he didn't go at her on that much. He talked about the emails in the context of his tax returns. That was maybe his best moment, in, in my opinion. But she got a pass on the issues that would have been hardest. Yeah, but, but she's got to, to handle. But Mark, she's my premise is that she has to address those issues. She has to address those issues to, to win this election. She, I, I, I completely agree that she looked competent, but it's not a competence question. It's a trust question, and those are those are two different things. And well, it, go ahead. Question of what the American people are being asked to trust her with. If you are asking the American people to trust you with their country as the commander in chief, I think she did help herself a lot last night with her commanding presence. If the trust issue goes deeper and is about the damn emails and the CGI and the rest. You're right. She she didn't touch that. She wasn't going to bring it up, and neither did Lester Holt uh, or Donald Trump. Right. But I think I think that she 
dealt very well with what she was saying. Right, and, and that's that's really where I wanted to take this. I mean, lots of, lots, and I was, I was just surprised, I was keeping a list as I was watching this debate last night of what wasn't mentioned. And we can talk about whether whether Lester Holt should have gone down this road. We, I don't want to turn this into too much of a debate over the moderator, but I do think it matters. Um, and um, But here's what really wasn't mentioned. Other than Trump saying it once, the emails weren't mentioned. Nothing about the Clinton Foundation. The only mention of Benghazi came up when she said that she testified 11 hours before a congressional committee um, as a response to what, when Trump accused her of not having any stamina, but the actual Benghazi wasn't mentioned. Um, Libya, Trump brought it up. Uh, basket of deplorables not mentioned. Um, lots of things, Howard, that I really expected either from the moderator mm-hmm. or from Trump. And I want you to sort of assess what, where you sort of laid the blame here, because I think one of the one of the challenges to Mark's point is she did very well with with what she was given. Yeah. But she wasn't given yeah. really that's fair. the tough stuff. That's fair. And I, I mean, wanted to get your reaction to that. Yeah, I think that those are fair uh, comments. I mean, I thought Lester Holt, that was his one real weak point is I, I mean, it's he gave her a chance to respond to the question to what he said about emails in the context of his taxes. But he didn't ask her a question about that. I mean, it, the foundation, it's kind of shocking to me that those things um, didn't come up. But it's equally shocking that Trump didn't bring them up. Right. It just shows his his lack of preparation. He could have pivoted off of any any question, any literally anything, and found a way to, to, to bring this stuff up. Um, it's surprising that, that he didn't. Maybe. It's it's surprising to me that he didn't. I think, it, I think it's kind of weird because it's a lost opportunity for him. But I, in a strange way, I also see it as a lost opportunity for her, because I, because I think she has to. I just think she has to convince enough of the public that she can be trusted in order to take this thing home. Mark, I mean, I mean, and she's got to answer these questions to do that. Yeah, right. I mean, Mark, what what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm I, I'm, you know, from a from a strategic standpoint, I you know, I counted a a number of opportunities where I I was just personally sort of baffled that Trump didn't seize the opportunity to to talk about emails in the context of cybersecurity, to talk about you know the Clinton crime bill in the context of of prisons and race to not catch on to the to the Benghazi issue when she mentioned testifying well, for 11 hours. It really just seems like tactically Trump was out of his depth. I don't mean to opine. That's certainly not my job. But as just a viewer, well, I'm happy. I'm happy to opine. Yeah, I'm right. So I want to react, react to that. <laughs> Trump was out of his depth. He doesn't know what he's talking about half the time. He didn't pivot when she was talking about the African-American incarceration issue. He didn't pivot as he of course could have to the Clinton crime bill, which regrettably launched the age of mass incarceration of young black men because he doesn't know anything about it. That's why he didn't pivot to it. 
I don't think it was so much that he made a tactical decision that proved not to be smart in the context of that debate. I think it's that he didn't know what he was talking about. I defy you to tell me what that man said about Japan and nuclear weapons or the hacking of the DNC emails. He was out of his depth. I, I, I will he just didn't try prepare. not to apologize beyond your words, Blake. <laughs> But the man was out of his depth, well, Howard, and it shows. Yeah, I mean, However, look. I, will, I will say this. In this ultra-bizarre election that we are surreally experiencing, I don't think he lost a single vote last night. He just didn't pick any up. Yeah, right. To, to, to borrow from, from Chuck Todd of, of NBC News, who, who just continually said that was the most surreal political experience he, he's ever seen, sort of a tale of... Hillary Clinton having one debate on one side and Trump another debate on the other. I want to come back to that. But Howard, you, I mean, we hear time and again, we get fascinated by it. There were endless news stories about how Hillary Clinton was preparing for this debate, debate camps, um, what all that means. Um, and then Trump sort of proudly saying, you know, I'm not really doing much. And half of that I thought was gamesmanship. Mm -hmm. um, just another effort to lower expectations. But it really does appear that um, that he really wasn't doing much. You've advised people across an array of government sectors for big moments. This was an enormous moment in Donald Trump's political life. How do you not get down in the weeds and get ready for, for this moment, especially when, as we've talked about many times on this calls, there are opportunities for him to perform well. There are criticisms he could he could make of Hillary Clinton's candidacy. And as Mark mentioned at the beginning of the call, the trend line was in his favor going into this debate. How do you ignore all that and just kind of wing it? I mean, he hasn't prepared to be president. He hasn't prepared for, for anything. He, I also think he choked a little bit. I think he just stone cold choked. I think he looked nervous. He kept drinking water. Um, he he looked uncomfortable. Obviously, everybody's commenting on the sniffing. Sniffling, right? Yeah. Um, he, he I, I don't know. I mean, some of that I feel like any one of us with no preparation could have gotten up there and and done a better job. And that's easy to say when you don't have to get up in front of a hundred and hundred million people and and perform. But um, some of this is just basic media training 101. You, you block and you bridge to, to what you want to talk about. And he didn't do that. It's, it's bizarre. And it's funny, Mark. I wanna, I, I'm sorry, it, go ahead. Some of it is media training 101. He didn't prepare. He hasn't prepared to be president, as Howard said. And as Secretary Clinton said, and some of it was plainly that. Some of it was that he just didn't know what to do or what he was talking about because he hadn't prepared. But some of it, I believe, is him. Some of it is that she got to him and got to him early and stayed on him. He spent many, many minutes in that debate defending his business defending his business record. It wasn't a $14 million loan. It was a small amount of money. I settled the race discrimination case 
without any admission of guilt. All, all of that was because she got to him and instead of him talking about the election and her issues, uh, he was defensive. Yeah, but he, he that's part of being unprepared. I mean, it was, well, we, we said on our call last Thursday our, that, that, that he was that she was going to try to undercut his success narrative. It's like the easiest thing to see, and, and it's how the easiest thing to see, but it is not the easiest thing to deal with if you, in fact, are as narcissistic and and vulnerable as Donald Trump is. You know, it's, it's... I I don't know how he could have prepared for that short of a massive psychiatric intervention, which he didn't have time for. I'll give him points for one thing. He got in a plug for his hotel. Right. I he, thought that was, he that did. was clever. He did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swing by there after this call, actually, in honor of that. Yeah. Yeah, it'll yeah. be good. I'm excited about it. So it's funny because, because Trump in this debate was the focus. Eight of ten Facebook posts about this debate were about Donald Trump. That's why everybody was watching. Exactly, right? And we've said this all along, that people are going to tune in. Mark, you, you identified some examples uh, of things that, that sort of sort of put Trump on his heels. And I want to come back to, to, to moments that really mattered to both of you last night. We have, we, have, we have suggested and even talked about on these calls that these debates are, are, are as much about moments as anything else. I was wondering, and I just wanted, I, I wanted to, to, to get your thoughts, and, and, and Mark, I'll start with you. Uh, I, either candidate, you know, what was sort of the, what's the one moment from this debate that, that you think stands out? Well, I think that the best moment on Secretary Clinton's side, because it's what it is actually all about, was when Trump took a shot at her for being off the campaign trail and she said, yes, I prepared for this debate and I have prepared to be president. And that to me was exactly the difference between these two candidates. I thought the worst moment for Trump, and, and there were many to choose from, but I think you're gonna see this in ads uh, over the next few weeks. When Secretary Clinton said, for from what we know, you pay no taxes. And he said, because I'm smart. Right. That doesn't sit well with, with the American taxpaying public. And I think that was as low a point uh, as he went in a generally poor performance. I, Howard, I, moments? Yeah, I thought that she was exceptional on the looks and stamina question. Uh, and I, and, and as I said last Thursday, one of the things that I felt she really had to do in this debate was speak to suburban women. Mm -hmm. And between the combination of her answer to that question and just the narrative around the fact that she was able to deal with this guy when 15 men and one woman um, in the Republican field weren't, I think, I think that is, is a really big deal for her. Um, I thought that her low point was was on the emails. Um, I think he correctly called her out when she said it was a mistake to use a private server, and he said that wasn't a mistake, that was intentional. Uh, he's right, of course, it wasn't a mistake, it yep. was intentional. 
and and I thought that was that was the kind of moment that should have happened throughout this entire ninety minute so called debate, and it just it happened once, and it didn't really happen a lot. I think I, I think just to just to kind of add to add to what you're what what you said, I I think Trump's. Um, Really, he, he sort of finds his stride when he starts talking about trade. Trade is a is is a good issue for him. Yeah. He seems to, of yeah. all the things that that he doesn't grasp that we've identified, he at least has found his voice on trade, and I think he he tried, and and I think to to a degree, effectively um, drew contrasts over trade, drew contrasts over TTP, and and her position on that, and and desire of what she's what she's advised the president based on her based on her her position so i think right. i think i think to I, I, not to pile on trump i mean i think i think to to no, offer really. that as a as as something that he did he did well he also did it early in the debate before yeah. he got flustered yeah i still think well, her, he did he did it well blake and i think that that was her weakest moment yep. i don't think she handled it well she is exposed on the flip-flop and and she didn't do a credible job of explaining herself so i i agree i think his best moment was her her worst moment they were flip sides of of the same coin there yeah and i think that that issue is something that is is a problem in Michigan is a problem. In that's where Ohio. I was going with this. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, a is, that's is a battleground state issue. Can I? Yep. yep. No question. Yeah. The the yeah uh, Howard, please. You know the we we should talk about whether people are actually going to change their votes. Yeah. Based on what happened. Last I mean, night. And, and and I want to come to that, well, but but I want to before we before we get into whether whether. What the electorate's going to do with this, I want to. I do want to stick with with some of these moments because I think a lot of that's going to be contingent on what these campaigns do yeah. with the content that was generated in this debate. Mark, you mentioned you mentioned the 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 issue about paid no taxes and and Trump's response of that makes me smart, which I think again was a devastating moment for him. I think the other devastating moment that 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 a wide swath of the electorate can relate to was when she she said that he rooted for for the housing crisis and and he responded and said that's called business buddy um right. i think i think it's just another uh just a just a, a very difficult difficult soundbite um for trump that i could see finding its way onto the airwaves and so i wanted to i wanted to mention that because yeah. i certainly don't feel like there was a a, a negative soundbite moment for Hillary Clinton in that debate. We could cut a lot of ads, and I suspect the Clinton campaign will uh, very soon and get them out there, perhaps as early as today, um, with, with what we saw there. But as a segue, Howard, to your point about about does this change minds and does this move the needle? Mark, you, you when we began the call, you know, suggested, yeah, it, it's probably a 1%, but 1, 1 to 2% doubles her lead, and that's significant. Howard, I want to get your thoughts yeah. about what you think about the impact of this debate on on the state of play? Yeah, I think it is a momentum. It's an issue of momentum, um, and I, I agree with Mark's point earlier that 
she stopped the bleeding. Uh, it's a long. We've got we've got six weeks. Six weeks from today, forty-two days, um, and and that's a lot of time. And um, we've got a lot. We've got two more debates. I think we'll have just as many eyeballs on the TV screens and and YouTube and wherever um, as we did last night. It's must-see TV, and there's there's a lot of time. I think there's still time for him to get his act together and and learn from last night and, and come out strong. And I think, in a way, again, I, I keep beating this horse, but it, because, because she didn't have the chance last night to address some of the core concerns about her, not even... I mean, I guess it's about her candidacy, but about her, fundamentally about her. I think she's going to end up addressing that stuff later on in later debates, closer to the election. And that has the potential to to hurt her in a kind of roundabout way. Um, So, I I mean, look, I think he he she got the best of him. And uh, I think we've all thought that. This election was um, was hers to hers to lose, and she didn't lose it last night. Yeah. I just don't know that she won it. Mark, um, well, I I think let me just do a, a little arithmetic, uh, if I may, uh, based on the hundred million viewers. So, a hundred million Americans watched that debate. Forty million of them were for Trump going in, and were for Trump coming out. 40 million of them were for her coming in and were for her going out. 10 million were for Gary Johnson or the, their next door neighbor, and another 10 million were undecided. I think that Trump picked up no new votes last night, and I think that Secretary Clinton might have moved a point or two of the Johnson voters her way. She might have moved a point or two of the undecided her way. So she picked up a couple of points, but she by no means won the election. I, I have been saying to all my friends and family since the debate ended last night, uh, great night. She did what she needed to. But anybody who thinks that this thing is even close to over just hasn't been paying attention to this bizarre surreal cycle. Look, it's still all about getting out the vote. And I don't think that... I think she was very good. If you watch till the end, uh, I think she's very strong with suburban women in terms of um, pulling them out to vote. I think she she had some good moments there. I don't think... That she was as strong. I mean, she was the birther debate, so so if so to speak, was muddled and and weak and strange and just bizarre. Um, but I, I think she was wasn't particularly strong on the criminal justice kind of questions. I think he missed opportunities, but her message just isn't that strong around that. And, and so I'm not sure that she necessarily pulled out other segments of the population that, that she needs to vote. Notably African-Americans exactly. being, being a segment that would... Um, 
So There's going to be an enormous African-American turnout for this election, and she is going to win the kind of percentage that Barack Obama did twice. And she didn't need to do anything in that debate with that particular constituency, although I think she did in the discussion about stop and frisk and, and policing. I think the millennials, are the segment of the undecided or Gary Johnson vote that, that probably got moved the least last night. I don't know that, that she did much for herself there, although she did mention student loans 10 times, and that's a big millennial issue. But, but I think if I had to identify where she, a constituency where she helped herself a lot, I agree with you entirely, Howard. Suburban white women, I think she helped herself a lot with. And a constituency where she didn't get much done was probably millennials. Yeah, she's still got a lot of work to do. She has to earn this thing. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you, we, we've, talked about, we've talked about this. I mean, this is one of three. Um, and 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 I would be interested, Howard. You you speculated that that viewership for debates two and three will will be just as high. Mark, I want to get your thoughts. Do you sense that that the electorate continues to tune in? So ten days from now, do we think a hundred million or so will be will be all eyes focused on on Clinton Trump too? Yeah, I would expect it to dip just a little, but it may be 90 million instead of 100 million. It's still going to be an unprecedented number, more than Obama-Romney four years ago, because the race continues to fascinate and continues to challenge the electorate to make a choice. I, I do want Every to race challenges the electorate to make a choice. The only reason viewership is so high is because of of the guy running on the Republican side. Well, well, right. But I want to just say uh, before we lose the point, there is a debate before the next debate. Yeah, I was. There of is course. a presidential debate, and I think because of the guy running on the other side, and because of the the just strangeness of this cycle. I would expect to see unprecedented numbers watching that as well. And I think that that is going to be another good night for the Clinton-Kane ticket. I don't expect that uh, Governor Pence is going to underperform anything like uh, his, his candidate at the top of the ticket did. But, but I'm putting in a plug here for Tim Kane, and, and I, I think a lot of people will watch and I think that'll help the ticket a little bit also. I yeah, think and that's on October fifth for, for everybody listening. And Howard, before I get to you, any any comments or questions from, from anybody uh, listening live, presidential analysis at Cozen.com, uh, would love to hear from you. Howard, wanna get your perspective on the on the VP debate. Snooze fest. Really? No one's tuning in. People people wanna see Trump. And no one I think after watching the, the Trump Clinton Super Bowl debate, I don't. I think there's going to be a real letdown in terms of the level of interest in the vice presidential 
in the vice presidential debate. It's not it's not Sarah Palin. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Paul Ryan. I, I, I don't I just don't see it attracting the level uh, a high level of interest. Now, it's critically important because we've got two um, older presidential candidates and people should be watching, um, but but they're not they're not going. I just don't think they're going to. I just don't think that's where the interest is in this cycle. And sorry for everybody. Our the debates on the fourth. We have a we have a call on the fifth to talk about the debates. So apologies for the confusion there on my part. Um, moderator's a little slow today. Um, I, Mark, I mean, I mean, as we as we think about the the time between presidential debates, um, we have this VP debate. You you've suggested that it's going to help. The Clinton Kane ticket a little bit. Um, I want to I want to analyze it from the other side. I mean, what 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 can can Mike Pence do uh, to help the Trump Pence ticket uh, in that debate? I'll I'll, well, I'll jump in. I, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll jump in. <laughs> okay, Howard. I'll, I'll give I that mean, one to you. I, I think he's. <laughs> Considering what he has to deal with, mm-hmm. which is a lot, and what he has to answer for, which is a lot, Mike Pence uh, has, I think, performed uh, very, very well in the interviews he's done, in in the way he's conducted himself. I mean, he's in a very he accepted the role, uh, but he's in a tough spot. He has to be who he is. He has to be a more traditional Republican, but he also has to be loyal to this guy who is outside the establishment and who's chosen him for this position. And and I think he's done a very admirable job of walking a very, very, very uh, difficult line. And I think he's going to come off, again, I don't think people really care, but I think he's going to come off um, as, as he's going to continue to come off as credible. I think he's been very credible. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I do not agree with much of what the man thinks, but I think that he is a very credible, very serious, very prepared public servant. And I think he will help solidify the conservatives who have finally come around to Trump. By I the way, if at you, the edges of that, he'll do a good job. If, if you're Trump, and this, this just... Sh- to me, uh, epitomizes the weakness of Trump. If you're Trump, yeah, he ultimately, quote unquote, picked Mike Pence, but he had to be pushed into it. Can you imagine if he picked Chris Christie while the Bridgegate trial is going on? That's who he wanted to pick. His advisors had to browbeat him into making what turned out to be, at least up to now, the quote unquote right decision. Well, he ought to take, he ought to, he ought to, get a clue and maybe listen to people a little bit more and stop listening to himself. (laughs) This is the, this is the get a clue call for everybody listening. 70 years old. (laughs) What you see is what you get. Let Trump be Trump. That's my mantra. Yeah, I'm sure it is. (laughs) Yeah, of course it is, Mark. That's unsurprising to anyone who's been listening, listening to these calls for, for months now. Um, so as we, you know, as we as we do come to the end, um, I, I want to talk about 
Um, I want to talk about the spin, and and I know this is a little, a little, a little insider, but inside the bubble, Howard, as as you talked about, but but we are shaped by by the attitudes of of others in the context of politics, and and the spin is pretty heavy today, um, and it'll be heavy for for the next couple of days coming out of the campaigns from the pundits. Both of you appear on television and and talk about this regularly. Um, Mark, what do you what do you make of uh, of the effect of the of the spin today? What is it? What is it? Uh, what is it that these campaigns need to achieve to survive the next twenty four to forty eight hour news cycle? Well, I think the Clinton campaign needs simply to brag about her performance because I think it was absolutely what she needed to do and I wouldn't I wouldn't go after Trump or his performance if I were the Clinton campaign I'd spend the day bragging about her I think that Trump has already started doing exactly what he shouldn't do which is trying to clean up the mess he made last night he was on Fox of course this morning talking about this Uh, Miss Universe contestant and in trying to clean up the mess I don't know how many of our listeners may have heard it he attacked her and he said that she was the worst winner in the history of the pageant and that as soon as she won she gained a lot of weight and got fat that isn't going to help I think Trump should should maybe take a uh, page from the Clinton playbook and take a day off and just let this cycle through and then get back to the road. Howard, what do you think about the spin? Well, I think it has to be much more nuanced than for her than she won and, and bask in the glory of, of winning. I think she's got to um, use it to appeal to the constituencies. She has to draw out um, particularly women um, to, to win the election and I think they've got to put this in the broader context of what this thing how, how we got to where we are today as I keep saying 16 candidates on the other side that you know, very talented and accomplished people and very talented and accomplished debaters that he dispensed with and and she took care of him and I think she's got to put it in the broader context of strength and she's got to convey to people, she's got to pivot off of it to the, to the trust issue. Obviously, she's not going to, on her own initiative, um, bring up the misgivings about her from, from a trust perspective, but they have to, they have to use her uh, performance to craft a, and kind of pivot off of it to, to, to a nuanced narrative that speaks to the things that people need to be spoken about in order to get off their couches and pull the lever for her. That's good. So we can we can both we can all spend all day on Twitter and then we'll 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 figure it all out. My my last my last thought and we we've got a call on the on October fifth and we'll we'll talk about the next presidential debate. But but one thing that that is that is these candidates look ahead the the second presidential debate. Um, is a different format. It's a town hall format. It's moderated by Martha Raddatz of ABC News and Anderson Cooper of CNN. Um, and it's going to involve a lot of uncommitted voters um, 
in at Washington University in St. Louis. Mark, do you do you think if if you're Trump that 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 format provides any any advantage that over the course of the next ten days you you try and exploit? I frankly expected, looking at the debate schedule, that this was going to be the tougher debate for Senator, uh, I'm sorry, Secretary Clinton, uh, and that the town hall with those two hosts in particular would be a very friendly forum for her. I, I think he is going to find himself less comfortable, if that's imaginable, than he did uh, last night with that forum. But he has time. He has time, and I don't know that he listens, Howard. I don't, I don't know that he listens to Howard. <laughs> but but he sh- this would be a good time. That I can assure you he doesn't. <laughs> be, be a good time in his campaign to, to get some good advice and to come at this thing a different way next time. Howard, any 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 thoughts of, uh, about that format? That's and, a great and, question. And what advantages it might it might provide? I mean, I think the questions are going to be very tough for her. Uh, that much more difficult questions to answer, and so I think that probably works against her. On the other hand, she's been doing this a long time, as he as he pointed out. I mean, look for him; he really has to perpetuate the narrative that the system is rigged that she's the system he tried to do it last night but he couldn't quite get there that the system is rigged that she's been part of the system it's she owns that i mean the 30 year thing or not quite 30 years whatever the, the banter was he 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 tried and he didn't get there he's got to get back to that and I don't know whether the the town hall. I think it works against her. I don't know whether it works for yeah. him or against him. Well, we'll we'll come back to that after after we've we've watched the two vice presidential candidates debate, and we'll preview uh, the second debate. But I just wanted to get your perspective. Um, look, I think we've we've reached the the end of our time today. Last night was a big moment in this presidential race. Um, there will be many more big moments to come. So Mark Howard, it's always always fun to be with you, always fun to talk about this race. Um, and to everybody listening on the call, thank you uh, for joining us. And we look forward to having you back uh, on our next call on October 5th. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Blake. Thanks, Blake.